Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. That's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight. You can't do that. Quarterback, you can't fight. You're very welcome along to uh, this week's edition of Off The Ball's NFL Podcast. Pretty wild weekend last weekend. Plenty to look forward to again this weekend. Delighted to say we're joined as ever by Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. Also with us, football guys, Kian Fahey. No Donny Mahoney this week. Uh, he's off licking his wounds. He's been replaced by Off The Ball's Mick McCarthy. Uh, Donny, of course, a Patriots fan, despite the fact he's from Jersey. And uh, they were they were ruined by Aaron Rodgers last weekend. I'm also licking my wounds here, but I Patriots decided to you can turn show up, up to work for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a bad part place for us to start, Kean. Um, just before we came on there, you were telling us that you've watched every Aaron Rodgers pass this season for a piece of work that you're doing at the moment, and uh, you reckon this is as good as we're ever going to see. Well, the the problem, well, obviously, we we can't really go through all of history and say who's played better than who. But when you look at what Rodgers is doing right now, it's really hard to say what he should be doing better. Like he he's kind of. From the pocket, he's as good as anyone. He he knows how to read defenses instantly. He knows how to fit the ball into tight windows. He knows how to, to find his receivers with anticipation and put players in uh, proper positions to succeed. And then even if you get him out of the pocket and force him to make uh, make throws on the run, he still does that perfectly too. So it's kind of, you're looking at a guy now who you just don't really know how to defend. And it's just the consistency of how he's playing. It's all just, it's, it's phenomenal really, to be honest. It like And the result of that evidenced in the game at the weekend? I thought so because I thought the Patriots did fairly well considering and they still kind of, you still didn't really think that they were going to win, which is just the way he's taking over games now, especially at home. On the road, he hasn't been as good, but at, but at home, they seem to be unbeatable at the moment. Sam, I had the sense, um, watching back the, the game, that there was no point really where it looked like the Patriots were going to win the game. They were in the game for a while, but I never actually felt like this was a game that for whatever reason, they were going to be able to shut down the Green Bay offense or really dominate that Green Bay defense the way maybe we thought at the start of the season was going to be possible. They definitely didn't look like the team that was going to win that game. The Packers looked like the better side. But I think the interesting thing about that game is that both sides came away from it looking like more or less the teams we thought they were. Those look like the two best teams in the NFL at the moment. And, you know, everyone built that up as a Super Bowl preview. And I don't think we really saw anything from that game to suggest it won't be. Um, Denver is, is going to have something to say about the Patriots' spot in that in that Super Bowl um, coming out of the AFC. But those look like the two teams that are most likely to get there. From the Patriots' perspective, would they be disappointed by the fact that they're in a game against potential Super Bowl opponent and they didn't look like they were going to win it or is that just what you accept at this point of the season and think well we'll see you again uh, they'll be disappointed you know anytime you go to a team in a game like this where it's billed as a, a Super Bowl preview and you don't win you're going to be disappointed but they'll take a bit of heart by the fact that it's it was in Green Bay you know the Packers are so good there if they meet them again in a you know in Arizona it's going to be a, it's going to be a different story at least that's what they'll be telling themselves 
Um, and also take heart from the fact they're big players, at least a few of them still played well. Tom Brady played pretty well. Rob Gronkowski is still, you know, a, a matchup nightmare for teams. So, you know, they weren't dramatically, they weren't blown off the field or anything. And they'll, they'll fancy their chances in a, in a second meeting. Gronkowski had that move where he almost made it to the end zone, but didn't quite after beating about five defenders in the space of uh, two yards again. Yeah, it wasn't too far off what he was doing. What he actually got into the end zone doing the week before, he's unbelievable at the moment. But uh, he had a quiet enough game this week. But I'd like to know if a, if a week 13 game that was billed as a Super Bowl preview has ever actually been a Super Bowl preview. Why, what's going to... I don't know. I, do, I feel like we go through this every year. And, and like in week six, we decided we knew what was happening for the rest of the season. We hadn't a clue. In week 10, it was the same. It's getting closer now. It is getting closer. But I, I don't know. For both... Well, I would hope that the Patriots definitely make. I wouldn't be too down on that game as a Patriots fan anyway. I mean, having these massive win streaks are only a rod for your own back at times. So they turned up, played well, lost a close game against Aaron Rodgers playing at his absolute best, had no pass rush whatsoever. Like there was one stage where Rodgers had about 15 seconds to throw the ball. Um, It was actually ridiculous. But, you know, Chandler Jones will be back come the playoffs, I presume. He'd be the Patriots' main pass rusher. So there's not a lot to, to be worried about as a Patriots fan at the moment. And if they win out, they're at San Diego this week, then they've got three division matches. If they win out, they'll be number one seed in the AFC. OK, um, maybe it's no harm looking at the NFC and uh, the Green Bay Packers, obviously, 9-3. and three. The Lions are still alive, even in their division at 8-4. and four, So there'll be a threat from them coming down the line, or at least they look like they could make the playoffs. Megatron seems to be Megatron again. The NFC East, the Eagles are another 9-3 and team. The Cowboys are 8-4, and four, having been annihilated on uh, Thanksgiving. And the other 9-3 uh, and three team now are the Arizona Cardinals, who look suddenly fragile with the Seattle Seahawks rolling back into the type of form that we expected from the Seahawks. Sam, I'm, I'm thinking that actually the Seahawks are now the favourites for the NFC West, given the way that Arizona have been beaten in successive weeks. Probably, yeah. And the way the team that they lost to this week, I think, is a big thing for the Cardinals. You know, the the Falcons and the entire NFC South has been terrible. And for the all right, it was in Atlanta, but that's a team the Cardinals need to be able to roll over if they're if they're for real this year. I think we saw we saw the limitations of Drew Stanton, and we saw the limitations of the team when they have Drew Stanton at quarterback. You know, as much as Bruce Arians will try and claim that they can win a Super Bowl with Drew Stanton. I just don't think they can. And at the moment, I'm not sure they can even win the division with him. So maybe the the thing to talk about here is actually the Seahawks because they completely dominated the 49ers in San Francisco. It was, uh, I think, the second half before San Francisco made it over the halfway line. Um, and this was with the San Francisco defense actually playing quite well, Kean. So the Seahawks seem to have overcome whatever locker room issues they allegedly had and whatever sort of uh, immaturity issues were coursing through the veins of the, the group? Or am I actually critically overrating the 49ers and so actually any team should be expecting to beat the 49ers in San Francisco at the moment? I think the Seahawks are a good case study right now for what Mick is saying about how we, we think we can predict the Super Bowl at different times of the year because six or seven weeks ago we'd probably be saying that they wouldn't even make the playoffs and now they look like the best team in the league just because their defence looks to be back to where it was. Uh, I think Thursday's game was a lot about San Francisco and a little bit about Seattle. I think the, the 49ers offence just doesn't look... It doesn't look well run at the moment. Like they're, making, they're asking Kaepernick to do things that he can't do and they've been doing it all year. And you would think at the NFL level that coaches would 
realize that this isn't working and move away from it. And I think they made it easy on Seattle. And while I do agree with you, I think the Seattle or the Seahawks are a lot better than they were previously. I think it's still hard to commit to just one team in the NFC. I'd be a lot more confident in picking the AFC Championship than I would be in the NFC Championship, even at this point. How much more improvement is there to come from the Seahawks, do you think? Well, I think the offense can still get a lot better, but I'm not sure if it will. Uh, get, getting getting back to Marshawn Lynch and just riding him, uh, running the ball a lot more than trying to spread it out and like they were doing when they had Harvin is a lot better for them, I think. But so it, it's going to be a lot like last year's uh, playoff run where they're mostly just reliant on the, the defense and then just let the offense complement it as well as possible. You feel like they might be caught, though, at some stage, especially in the playoffs. Like, I mean, we're talking about two dominant wins in a row where they've scored 19 points in both games, you know? It's not really like if they're going to dominate games like that, you would expect an elite team to score more. I think the interesting thing there is they'll probably want to avoid the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are probably like their, their toughest matchup because the Cowboys have that offensive line that will be able to uh, take advantage of their defense like they did the last time they met. So it's all about who they, who they get drawn with and who they match up to, I think. Just before we leave the, this game, um, there was a couple of moments where the Seahawks, despite the fact they were clearly the better team, were actually quite lucky. There's uh, one bit where... Uh, Russell Wilson has the ball in his hands, goes to change and drops it, but he recovers. And then there was another fumble that they also recovered. Um, and there was a couple of incidents that you just think, like maybe you do make your own look and that's the whole point of the NFL season and it's on such little bobbles of the ball that careers end. And it looks like Harbaugh's career, the 49ers is coming to an end. But I don't know. Are you convinced yet, Sam, that they are back to where they need to be to be genuine Super Bowl or championship contenders at least? I don't think so. I think the Seahawks are still a long way away from where they were last year. Like like Ian said, this game said a lot more about San Francisco than it did about Seattle, and, and particularly Kaepernick. He just couldn't function within the offense the way they, they're trying to run it for some reason. And it would have been difficult for the Seahawks not to win the game given how that the other side was playing. So for them... To win games like this is fine, but I, I think they're still a long way off where they were and where the where the Packers are right now. I think they're clearly the the best team in the NFC at the moment. And uh, Seattle, though they're winning and they've got a good shot at taking that division now with with the Cardinals stumbling, I think they're still a way off being a, a kind of Super Bowl favorite again. Okay, well, obviously, if San Francisco is a good test for them this week, then um, they're probably an equally good test for the Eagles this week. The Eagles absolutely dominated the Cowboys on uh, Thanksgiving, one of those things now, which has become a... Did you say it was a tradition? Terrible things happened to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving last week? Somebody said it on that. I'm not sure. It wasn't me. Uh, so a 33-10 win last week for the Eagles and then Seattle at home uh, in Philadelphia this week for the Eagles. And they're, um, I, I don't know what the truth is about the the Eagles, Key them week to week, sometimes their performances are excellent. Sometimes they've looked flaky. They look flaky, for example, in San Francisco. And then they go to Dallas and they uh, absolutely dominate the Cowboys. But I think you know what you're getting from the offense on a weekly basis, even though they have Matt Sanchez running the show. Just Chip Kelly has designed that offense to the point that it's kind of setting a baseline of 20 or 21 points at least. And you, the, the, the inconsistency for me seems to come from the defensive side, where some weeks they will look quite good and other weeks they will look terrible. Like this is, It's the same group of players that made guys like Austin Davis and Kirk Cousins look brilliant earlier in the year. And then they go last week and they have a great game against the Cowboys offense. It, it's it's a little bit of a bipolar defense and you've got, you have got throw in Mark Sanchez at quarterback, even though you know the offense is going to help him a lot, or Foles if Foles comes back. It, I think it's a very hard team for me to buy into. 
but they do keep winning, so it's kind of it's hard to to keep arguing that, you know. McCoy is looking like McCoy again, which is like obviously makes them a completely different team. Yeah, well, the, the, I think a lot of that is the offensive line. Uh, you've got a guy like Kevin Mattis who's come back, and Mattis came off that injury. It probably took him a game or two to get back to where he was before. And as Sam will probably tell you repeatedly, that he, he's one of the best guards in the league. Not yeah. one of. It's the best <laughs> guard in the league. Uh, don't get him started. Well, I'm not accepting Mark Sanchez going to a Super Bowl, though, so it, it's going to all come crumbling down but somehow, to a, to some a, way. To a championship game, winning a couple of, of playoff he's games? He's played in two two championship games already, lads, is it? AFC, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's possible, but he's not going to win one. He'll make some noise. <laughs> uh, all right, so this weekend, what do you expect to happen then? Uh, I think the Seahawks are built to stop the Eagles' offense, and I think they're going to uh, cause Sanchez major problems, and it might be a little bit like that Packers game a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was terribly one-sided. It might not be in, the, in terms of the Seahawks' offense against the Eagles' defense, but I'm, I think it'll be decided on the other side of the ball. Yeah, Sam, what about you? Yeah, I like the Eagles. I think they're they're rounding into the team that I think they, they could have been all season long if they'd had all their, their guys healthy. Getting those offensive linemen back makes the team completely different. It allows McCoy to be McCoy. It takes all the pressure off Sanchez and suddenly they become a much more formidable team, a much tougher proposition to try and stop. The defense, I think, like Kean said, is the, the question mark about them, but there's a lot of talent on that D. So if the offense keeps plugging along, keeps kind of making, uh, racking up a lot of points, I would say that D more often than not is good enough to, to help them win games with that. Before we leave the NFC, um, the NFC South, the Falcons five and seven, the Saints five and seven, and the Carolina Panthers are three and eight. Now the Panthers play the Saints this weekend, and given that the Saints are actually not as bad as we thought two weeks ago, and the Panthers are worse than even we thought a couple of weeks ago, you'd expect. But then again, this has been the weirdest division that I think anybody can remember. You'd expect the Saints will win that, which means that the Cardinals, are, sorry, the Falcons are going to have to win this weekend. And of course, they're playing the Packers, so that's not going to yeah. happen, right? Well, you think so? <laughs> Certainly think so. Like, I mean, I'd be having a hefty bet on Green Bay if I was a if I was a gambling type in that game. But New Orleans don't win games you expect them to win. They lost three in a row at home, where they apparently never lose, and yeah. then they go to Pittsburgh and win a game despite the scoreline quite easily. Like, they're actually they're bizarre team at the moment like they they don't like the people Drew Brees was throwing touchdowns to last week I honestly had never heard of two of them yeah and as like we're in three fancy leagues like you hear most <laughs> yeah. offensive players you know and uh, even then the tight end Watson was another one like you know I've heard of him Jimmy but Graham it, zero catches like zero that, targets zero targets it doesn't even make any sense you know and like Likewise, that division. Carolina are completely falling apart. I think even a game and a half out, you could probably rule them out at this stage. Atlanta do actually just look like the team. They're not going to win this week, and they're, pro- they're not going to have a winning record, but they do look like the team that have found some sort of at least consistency, and they found their level. And it might not be a great level, but it could be. It, it could win them that division. Um, it's the Falcons at Packers, though. Yeah, no, that's why I'm ruling them out for this week. I'm just saying that um, in terms of the division, they still have to play each other and um, Atlanta still have to play Carolina as well. They've been... Who still have to play each other, sorry? Uh, Atlanta and New Orleans and Atlanta have to play Carolina and they're 4-0 so far in their division. Okay, yeah, okay. So they could, that was the case. So they'll go 6-0 and and possibly... But now they're actually going to be... Yeah, well, now they have one other game as yeah. well, yeah. Uh, pick a winner from that division, lads. Keen. 
Uh, Packers division. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's... Uh... That, that'd be easier, I think, wouldn't it? Um, no, I tend to agree that the Falcons are kind of being more consistent than the Saints overall, even though I don't think they're as good of a team. Uh, it doesn't really matter who wins. I think the rest of us just lose either way. Uh, is there a possibility that one of these teams, that the Saints or the Falcons, puts a little bit of a run together and, and is a dangerous, horrible sleeper for somebody in the playoffs? Well, no I one would want to go to New Orleans, even yeah. if they have lost three games this year. No one, no one ever wants to go into that atmosphere in prime time. So they'll, they'll be a team that you want to avoid. The Falcons are probably the team you'd rather play. So that, that you, you'd probably hope to, hope to face them. But even then, you're facing a guy like Matt Ryan, who's a good quarterback at the very least. You know? yeah. What about Seattle going into New Orleans in the first round? New Orleans 7-9 and nine, and just beautiful payback for the Beast Mode game from a few years ago. It'd make perfect poetic sense. I think there's a good chance that Seattle or that that the Saints stumble over the line, win this division with a, a seven and nine record, even a six and ten record. But then they're hosting a playoff game, and no matter how iffy they've been this season, that's still a horrible place for some team to have to travel to. And you really wouldn't put it past them, you know, in the playoffs in a one-off game, winning that and ended up shocking some team with a you know a ten win, eleven win record. Yeah, the New, York, <laughs> the New York Giants have done this twice, right? And that is not so. It's not beyond the bounds uh, with probably possibly an inferior team. I think this is this. Whoever wins that division is going to have the worst playoff team in history. You know, there's <laughs> there been some. There've been a couple of losing record teams, I think, to make it. But I think this. Whoever wins that division will take that crown. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's look to the AFC and then. There's been a couple of interesting uh, results, uh, not least the way that the Ravens managed to throw away a game against the San Diego Chargers. Um, I thought that the Ravens were a real team. I kind of had developed yeah. this sense that they've got everything together, they have an identity, they've got a, a bunch of players who actually know what it's like to win the Super Bowl. They have a coach who knows what it's like to win the Super Bowl and they were dominating that game for yeah. long stretches. I said, Well, I had them picked to win, so they were always kind of like a touchdown ahead for the whole game, and it looked like they were going to pull away a lot of times. They lost the final quarter, 21-10. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought, and I said it last week, I thought that they were just going to go, right now, enough's enough, and this division, though competitive, we're just going to win out here, and we'll take it by two games or so. And, like, they didn't. They didn't turn up in the fourth quarter, which is a pity. But I have to say, Rivers played very well. He played like he did earlier in the season, and San Diego weren't bad. Was he seven from seven on third down, or thirteen from thirteen on third down for one hundred and eighty yards? I was like, I've, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, he was he was really brilliant. I don't know the the actual stats, unfortunately. Maybe the lads do. No, <laughs> I, I should really remember these and write them down when they're when they're, especially when they're, wow, that's amazing. Uh, they they look. I don't know if there's anything in either of these teams, but. Um, the, the Ravens didn't quite shoot themselves in the foot the way that you might have expected because the Steelers blew one although the Bengals managed to scrape over the line against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> really scraping over the line that was so bad like Andy Dalton had an Andy Dalton game and won Yeah, that suggests to me that Cincinnati are going to the playoffs no matter what happens oh I don't know I don't know I think that um, all anybody has to do is be consistent and put some games together and they're going to catch them and, and, and beat them although everybody's a game and a half behind them in their division but the, the Chargers uh, awful Sorry, brilliant, awful, and now back to being brilliant and awful even in the same game, Keen, Is there a, some sense of consistency that we can cling to and, and that they might still be able to splutter their way or rekindle some form and get into the playoffs? Uh, I think their inconsistency highlights how reliant they are on Rivers because he just, like um, Mick said there, Rivers played really well at the start of the year and then he kind of uh, petered off a bit and 
it was kind of hard to blame him for playing poorly because he wasn't getting a huge amount of help on the offensive side. I, I think they're if they get into the playoffs, they'll be limping into the playoffs. I don't think they're a team that could uh, go on a run like the Ravens did a few years ago. At the, well, they, obviously anyone can, but they wouldn't be a team I'd pick out as a dark horse or anything like that. Uh, the, one, the one thing we should note as well is just before the, the podcast started, Halohi Nata of the Ravens was suspended for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, for taking, uh, for taking he, Adderall apparently, because that's what they all take. It's the drug of choice for everybody. It and they all be, accidentally take it as well. It must be fun. There must be something specifically fun about taking Adderall that uh, these NFL players just can't yeah. stay away from. Yeah, well, I, I, it's normally with defensive backs too, so I don't know what his excuse is for it. But. <laughs> uh, and a serious loss, obviously, at this point of the season for those, for the Ravens? Yeah, I would think so, because they, they seem to be a team that kind of wins on their offensive and defensive lines, so they can't really take hits there. Like, they can lose players, like, like they've lost at running back, where they just pull out Justin Forsett, and they've, they've even lost uh, Dennis Pitt at a tight end, and they had Owen Daniels, and they just kind of plug these guys in. But I don't think they can afford to lose the offensive lineman and defensive lineman. You're going to be asking a guy like Timmy Jernigan, who's a rookie, to play a lot more now. The the way that um, the AFC is shaping up, the the paths we talked about there are nine and three. We haven't yet talked about the Broncos nine and three as well. Um, uh, the the team on eight and four who's in the playoffs at the moment are the Chargers, and uh, they actually have a, a game lead over a bunch of other teams who are on seven and five, including Kansas City, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. Um, so, two bad results and you're gone. Two good results and you have the chance of. Um, of making the playoffs, but uh, maybe we'll just move on and talk about the Broncos at this point because we haven't yet mentioned how in control they were in their game against Kansas as well. If you had the sense that the Patriots weren't going to win against the Packers, then I thought that uh, this was a, a game where absolutely Kansas City were dominated, Sam, and, and never once got the sense that Arrowhead was making any impact on uh, the Broncos. And, and so therefore, I was very impressed by the Broncos. Yeah, I think C.J. Anderson has been huge for them. He has given them a running game that they didn't have all season long. And he's also been a big impact as a a dump-off option for Peyton Manning, which is huge this year because their offensive line hasn't played nearly as well as it has as it did last year. So Manning, more than ever, has been using his dump-off guys. And before Anderson, they haven't really been doing much. But as soon as he came along, that offense just sparked instantly. You know, they were struggling against the Raiders, then one nothing dump off ball to Anderson. It's, it's fifty one yards later. It's a touchdown, and he's he's been doing that since he got since he got into the lineup. Um, and he gives them a he gives transforms that offense. He just makes it so much more difficult to cover because you've now got to think about the running game and you've got to think about everything underneath. Um, I think if if they're going to make a run, which it looks like they can now, it's it's almost entirely on his back. Are Kansas done after that? I think so. I think there's, you know, the Broncos are going to win that division now, almost certainly. The Chargers look like the team that are threatening second place, especially Rivers tends to play extremely well in December. Um, so it looks like it's just too far for the Chiefs. They, they, you know, they threatened it for a while, but I think that's probably a bridge too far now. The stat about Alex Smith not throwing a touchdown to a wide receiver yet this season, it has been ter- like he's played twelve games. That is actually ridiculous. Like, I mean, it, it, I know it, it's been something we've been saying for weeks, but we're getting to, like, the end of the season now, and he hasn't thrown a touchdown to a wide receiver. Um, like, you can only go so far. He, and like, you know, he is a certain type of quarterback, I know, but you can only go so far there. Uh, you you can of... only play one type of game, and when it's not going right for you, and when Jamal Charles isn't running 200 yards a game, 
Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, he's just I, too limited. I have, I actually have a lot of sympathy for him because um, was it Avery who coughed up that really simple uh, fumble when they were going quite far down the fields, and that gave the. I think that was pretty much the end of the game. I don't know if it was Avery or Bo. I can't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Avery. And um, you just got the sense that if he had a wide receiver who was any good, well, that's fair as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the receivers. If you look, if you look at the holes in that Chiefs roster, it's actually staggering. They've been as good as they have this year. If, I mean, if you look at the, the kind of the PFF grading in terms of their roster, there's a giant red block for receiver. There's a giant red block on their offensive line. There's a giant red block in their secondary, which are pretty much, you know, there's a two of the three most important spots or the most important areas in the team. Um, and the third one is, is being wide receivers. It's just, there's nothing to work with. You've got Jamal Charles, you know, doing what he does, um, and then Travis Kelsey playing well. But it's amazing they've been as competitive as they have with that much missing on the roster. By the way, the touchdown that uh, Jamal Charles scored, I don't know if you've seen this yet, he catches the ball in the wide receiver, uh, like, uh, at the touchline, and then crawls along the ground without allowing his knee to touch it, just about breaks the plane. It was an amazing catch, pivot, twist, jump. Yeah, the way also he, him having to do the job of everybody else. He on is the their best wide receiver. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah. It totally is. And so he must be looking around going, like, just, just get some players. Maybe we should tank for the rest of the season so we can uh, just draft nothing. But, well, obviously they, they've, as you said, their holes uh, all over the field. Uh, okay, so that was the um, situation with, the Broncos, the Chargers, and we've also talked a little bit there about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. We haven't really touched yet too much on the other teams in the AFC North. The uh, Cleveland Browns, who obviously had a bit of a major event at the weekend when somebody came off the bench and, and played quite well. It's the moment that all of America was waiting for. The internet didn't break. I thought that like Kim Kardashian's ass had uh, nothing on Johnny Manziel during the money sign, but actually, yeah, it, it, was it underwhelming? Or was it exactly well, what he wanted? It was great for a few minutes. I mean, it was great when he came on and then he ran for that touchdown and everything like that. But then it then it kind of calmed down and you realise you were still watching a Cleveland game. Yeah, they were they were finished by then. Uh, what's gonna what what's gonna the offense? What is it gonna look like when you have Josh Gordon catching balls from Johnny Manziel? Well, first thing we need to sort out with Josh Gordon is that he seems to be having an issue with some of his routes because I, I went through all of uh, Hoyer's throws recently and two of Hoyer's recent interceptions looked like it was Gordon ran the wrong route. And that's going to be something he'll need to sort out regardless of who's playing quarterback. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do really with Manziel or Hoyer because I can see the positives of starting Manziel and I can see the negatives of it. If you look at a guy like Blake Bortles in Jacksonville with the Jaguars... People said there was no downside to, to starting him this year. And then when they started him, he just seemed to regress, regress, regress every week. And you, you don't really want that to happen to Manziel if you start him too early. But on the other hand, Hoyer has been pretty terrible. He, 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 the last few weeks have only kind of been the peak of how bad he's been all year. They've kind of skated by with him against an easy schedule. And now you're getting to the point where they have to win games if they want to make the playoffs. And it's, it's just really hard to see if Hoyer can do it. I think if you're if you want to win the short term and you think you have a chance this year to get to the playoffs, I think you you should probably go with Manzel. But if you're more cautious of the long term and how he's going to develop, you should probably just keep keep uh, suffering along with Hoyer. Yeah, it's like they're almost in a bad situation by somehow getting into a playoff run this year, or, or sorry, to be in contention for a playoff. It's like it, it's made all their choices so much more important and so harder. So it's like, do you do you sacrifice? 
what might what is your entire franchise's future by trying to make the playoffs this year because honestly how often do Cleveland make the playoffs um the the implication being that this will be some kind of flame out in the style of RG3 just going by Keane's point there like about like the long term he'll the regression will be inevitable because he's just going to start getting hit in a way that he's never been hit before is yeah, that, is that is the it, point? If he's not yeah, ready yet. It, it's that you can develop bad habits. If you look at Bortles, his footwork and his throwing motion have gotten worse and worse as the year. Well, not not that much worse, but they, he's doing things that he didn't even do in college, and it's affecting his accuracy. And that's the kind of thing if you're getting hit or if you're rushing yourself too often. But I do, I do think the funny thing about this situation is that uh, it, it's become like it's become messed up like this because the Browns won too many games with Hoyer, yeah. and the Browns winning too many games normally isn't the problem because we. We all thought Manziel would come in after the bye week back in week six, I think it was. And now we're just having this discussion 10 weeks later. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? I think Hoyer's played his way out of a job, but the problem is they're clearly saying that Manziel isn't ready. You know, they've put Hoyer back in as a starter this week. uh, And now, you know, he's played badly enough that he should be on the bench, but they're saying that they still think he's a better option than, than Manziel, which is a worrying sign, I think, at this stage in terms of Manziel's development because, you know, he's had two-thirds of a season, three-quarters of a season now. He's He should be at a time where he can come in and at least play better than a guy who's playing extremely poorly. Is there, and the fact that he can't is, is a bit worrying. Is there any parallels here between the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation where it was actually in the second season, midway through the second season, where you finally think, OK, we've broken this guy out of the bad habits. We've taken away too much of the the fly-by-night sense of, oh, I'm, I'm in the NFL, I can party, I'm, I'm rich, and actually beating the playbook into him. Because there's a sense maybe that some of the, well, the rumours are all, he's out, whatever, not exactly dedicated, the playbook has been too difficult for him to learn, that's why the, he wasn't in so far. And if the cost of having Manziel be very good in 18 months is that you maybe don't make the playoffs, or you do, but it's a, you know, it's a self-limited team because, Hoyer is your guy until the middle of next season. Is that is that a reasonable parallel, or am I way off with that? I think it's it's it might be the right thing to do if they you know if he isn't ready, but they think he will be next year. Then there's no real problem in sitting him. You just have to sacrifice this season in that you know putting him in now if he's not ready isn't going to be isn't going to do any good either. You know if he's not ready to play now then he's, by definition, no better of an option and no better of a chance of winning games than Hoyer is. So you just have to accept that is what it is, the great American saying. And, you know, they're either going to make the playoffs or they're not, regardless of having a poor quarterback situation. And then they've got to hope that having Manziel on the bench for this, the last four games and, and having the offseason is, is the right thing for his development. We are where we are, I think is uh, how we Irish would say. Um, Mick, you wanted to talk about J.J. Watt? I want to talk about that whole weird game, but JJ having the greatest two minutes in NFL history, probably where he just uh, strips the quarterback, dives on it, makes a recovery, gets a few yards, goes off, has a chat with the lads for a couple of seconds, looks up, it's first and goal, in he goes, fullback motion, touchdown. What it like? He is just the greatest thing in the NFL at the moment. The Texans are six and six, by the way. Even though, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing six touchdown passes probably isn't going to happen again, but they're not completely out of it. Did he kill Mattenberger? They've got well? Jacksonville that, this that week. one of the other subplots, the whole thing? That JJ killed Mattenberger? Yeah. 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 Well, I think it was him. Uh, uh, that Jake Locker was definitely in for a finish anyway. Uh, yeah. They are 6-6. Six and six. Is, there, is there any chance they can... Too many teams between them, Shirley and the Chargers, who are 8-4? and four? 
I don't know. I think so. I think they'd they'd need to go on a pretty ridiculous run to snatch a wild card space off somebody. And there's still some doubt about whether or not Arian Foster is actually as fit as he was last week, um, sitting out a lot of practice this week. Uh, All right, there was one final thing I wanted to talk about, and that was the Miami Dolphins, who are 7-5, and who beat the Jets in a game that, okay, so everybody would have expected them to win on paper, but the Jets played them tough, and the Jets were intelligent and did all the things that the Jets are good at, and still... Miami found a way to win. So, um, are Miami for real, Kian? Have they have they managed to finally find an identity and uh, teach Ryan Tannehill how to be a, a proper NFL quarterback? I think the Jets game was was kind of funny because if the Dolphins had been better over recent years, we treat that game as them grinding out a win the way good teams do, and when when they weren't playing well. But because we don't really know this team and we got we didn't really expect them to be this good, even. We're, we're kind of very sceptical about them. I, I think they're they're unfortunate in that they're going to have a tough run-in and I think they they probably needed to win a few games earlier in the year that they missed out on. Uh, like, what was it, two weeks ago when they were leading the Broncos uh, in, in Denver, I think they should have won that game and that's the kind of game that might come back to haunt them. But I definitely think they, they're, um, they're a quality team that could, that could and should be in the playoffs and they're the kind of team, that, like I said earlier, that I wouldn't pick the um, the Chargers as a dark horse team. The Dolphins are the kind of team I would pick as a dark horse because they do like the quarterback and the pass rush up front has been brilliant all year. All right. On that note, you, would you have... No, I'm just... The Bills at 7-5 and five in that division has to be the biggest shock and under-the-radar thing that's happened this season. It's like they've barely been mentioned and they're level on games with the sixth-place um, wildcard team at the moment. So it's just a surprise. Like, I don't think they're going to get in or anything. But... Who knows? Yeah. It's, it's been uh, a weird and brilliant season so far. Kian, Sam, thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers. All right, part two of the NFL Off the Ball podcast this week. Uh, obviously, slightly different. Now, Donny this week, as we said, he's crying into his beer somewhere um, in the in the Midlands, I believe. Uh, it's frosty American beer. Yeah, yeah. The glass is actually icy on the outside. It's nice. Yeah. nice. I like the way they do that. You couldn't do it in Ireland because obviously I have drink one too of much. them though. It's uh, you put it into the freezer. There's a it's double kind of glazed and oh, there's yeah. ice in the middle of it and you put it into the freezer freeze it great drink alright uh, we're going to talk about mixed picks and we have got Donnie's picks in absentia a little bit later on but now we're talking fantasy and we've got Mossy Quinn on the line yeah I don't usually talk to opponents on game week you know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wouldn't believe how much this means to me now this weekend <laughs> For the regular listeners to the podcast, we'll know that um, you're actually in both the leagues that we talk about on this podcast. But oh, yeah, yeah. The, I am for my sins, yeah. The main GA league this week, um, I'm six and seven. Are you seven and seven? Seven I, and six? I, I'm seven and six. You're six and seven, yeah. Um, but it turns out, though, that if you, if you win, you're guaranteed to get into the playoffs. Is that right? Yeah, I'm winning. I'm in, and I think I'm pretty sure. I think the, Donny was saying that the way the, the tiebreaker goes is the. I think there's five of us going for uh, three spots and the tiebreaker is whoever's got the highest score throughout the year and I have the lowest of the five at the moment so if I lose, the tiebreaker's not looking good for me either so yeah, I need to win to get in. Um, I think if I win, I'm still not guaranteed. Michal Quirk can come from behind and and, uh, and beat me even if I, I win so I have to win with a good score. Uh, you're obviously quite addicted to fantasy. You're in at least two leagues. Are you in a third league? 
No, I'm, I'm focused. I was in the third last year and it was, it was getting too much for me. I was, uh, I was struggling. My fantasy Premier League has gone downhill rapidly as well this year. So I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a call at the end of this season. I'm, I'm spreading myself too thin and my teams are suffering. So uh, I'm going to, going to focus on one of them from uh, one or two going forward next year. Well, you didn't get relegated from a, the league that we have with relegation anyway, which uh, the same can't be yet said for either me or Jer. I think I'm safe in that league. By well, the there's... Uh, you, on the other hand, are screwed. There's, there's 14 teams in that league, for people who don't know, and going into week 14, the last regular season week, there's five of us that are all on five and seven uh, battling out for relegation. To avoid relegation, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, very I exciting. Know. I know because we have uh, we have. Um, I think I'm actually qualified for the playoffs in that league, though, which is uh, which is uh, unusual at this stage of the season. So uh, I know. Yeah, you're a shark in that league. I, I don't think I've ever got within sixty points of you any time we've played over the years. Not, not, <laughs> me, not me out of the playoffs uh, one year when Adrian Peterson got more points than the rest of my team. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about this week, though. There's no point looking back, you know. That, that's true. That's true. This week, I am projected to have something like 140 points in that league and the highest score by by far. And I, I can just feel the relegation coming. I can just feel it. Uh, no. I can I can feel Drew Brees, you know, throwing four picks or something this week. It's 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 a terrible situation. And it really does take up too much time and too much emotional investment in my life. Yeah, I think the same could be said for both of you too. Totally. My <laughs> wife thinks I'm addicted to being on my phone, but I'm not. I'm just addicted to fantasy NFL. It's like I give an extra, you're on your phone. Though. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm playing fantasy NFL. It's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just playing a game. I'm playing fantasy NFL. I guess real people. <laughs> some of whom I've never actually met, but some of whom I have actually met. And it means something. <laughs> yeah. The addition of money to this league was a, a disastrous idea. We should have just done it for um, so for glory. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about the money because I'm You're actually... Do- no, I'm doing well in it, so I can't afford to think about it. I'd rather, like, gloat and things like that. It's much more fun. But, Mossy, right, you've won... This is, like, you know, the reason we did this, obviously, me, Donnie, and Jar are just, like, you know lowly common men but we're in there with a lot of an awful, a ridiculous amount of all our medals it has to be said in our league uh, you've got a few of them both club and county where does like your fantasy life your fantasy <laughs> victories your fantasy glory rank among those you know fa- oh, yeah, you've done okay things in real life but where does the fantasy <laughs> stuff rank this is what it's all about, Mick. Like I, we've got a Leinster club final on Sunday week, and I'm probably I'll be more nervous going into this weekend's game against Jared than I will be against the Leinster club final on Sunday week. Like it's, 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 pro- it's probably that big, you know. Well, you see, I, I can control something about what happens on Sunday week. I've no control over this weekend, but that's probably what bothers me more than anything, you know. And not to mention, if you do get in, then you, on on Sunday week you'll have your first round of the playoffs plus the Leinster club final. God help <laughs> you on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, to be honest, once I get in, I'll be pretty sure. I'm, I'm confident my team will take. Well, they'll kick on from this weekend, you know. So I think they'll take a life. You see how teams in the NFL get hot come to playoffs. I'm confident once I get over this weekend, then I'll be okay, you know. I've just looked at your receiving core. It's ridiculous. It's almost as good as mine. You've got uh, Marius Thomas, AJ Green, and Randall Cobb. Yeah, I was looking at it between the between you and I. We've obviously both built our teams, and for everyone out there, this is a dynasty league. So we've obviously gone with the same strategy of going very heavy on wide receiver. And if you look at the rankings for this week on ESPN, we have six of the top eight going in our game. <laughs> I so, have uh, you have for, Cal, yeah, you've John Calvin Johnson, Antonio Brown, you've Odell Beckham, and you've Julio Jones on your bench. And I actually have DeAndre Hopkins on my bench, and I had him last week. He thirty five points on my bench last week. So. <laughs> 
we probably got we've got eight of the top wide receivers between us. I say, you know. Yeah, so, and yeah. I'm I, I'm terrified of trading one of them away in case I pick the wrong one. It's like I'm just going to keep this on my bench and always have crap quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, like I, I was trying to ship. Uh, I, well, I was not ship. I was, I was my quarterback situation's pretty poor. Nick Foles went down injured. Carson Palmer went down. I was I was willing to separate with Cobb and perhaps the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but the offers I were getting they were real kind of short term. I could have got. I think you offered me Andy Dalton for somebody. Ne- never and, like, take an offer from Jared first rule no, of fantasy. No, but uh, no. So again, because the fact that it's a dynasty league, you don't want to give up someone like that. There, like yeah. you know, someone that's going to be a long term talent for for someone to fill in for a couple of weeks. You know, so. yeah, I had Odell Beckham on my bench for the first eight or nine weeks, and there was times there where I was thinking, if this wasn't dynasty, there's no way I would have kept him. But because it, you just are thinking, I'm going to have this guy for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> How grim, oh God, how grim that's is that? Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, long-term plans and all. Uh, I do like the way you're obviously listening to this podcast, though, because you picked up Boston's Ferry and Jenkins uh, in the hope that he's going to turn into the player that I've been banging on about him uh, eventually becoming. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those. You're kind of working out how many roster spots you can kind of dedicate to maybe someone coming good next year or you know and I had a bit of pro- like tight end was a bit of an issue for me because again I drafted Jordan Reed who has shown talent and he had a big week last week but he can't stay healthy so yeah. um, I've been kind of chopping and changing I've had Heat Miller I've had Owen Daniels but I've had these kind of journeymen and again long term it's you're kind of saying right well none of them are going to be on my roster next year so maybe take a chance and put this guy like again it's one of those things they, they talk a lot of people up in the NFL and he's one of the guys that they keep mentioning so they're kind of like he could be worth sitting there for a couple of months and he comes good he comes good you know so. literally the only two players I wish I had picked up are Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck after that I kind of don't care that my running backs are Isaiah Crowell and Alfred Blue <laughs> like if I'd had well, one I, quarterback I, I accidentally drafted uh, Colin Kaepernick in a, which, in, in, a, in a panic move that in I like mentioned fourth before round. in the third round or something <laughs> like that my team is brilliant I'm really happy with it all across the board but I could have definitely got a better quarterback than Kaepernick and he got one point last week and I lost to the resurgent James O'Connor um, so uh, yeah I, I'm actually quite worried about my team at the moment so worried in fact Am I about Kaepernick that I made a drastic move this week and brought in off the waiver wire Sean Hill? I'm just saying that that's you know that's, well, you, it's not a good situation claim, to be. Yeah, in. well, you nearly claimed him ahead of me because I had the choice between like last week I started. Um, I had Blake Bortles uh, again with my quarterback situation, but then I looks like I'm going to have to start Colt McCoy this week. My choice is either Colt McCoy or Blake Bortles, and my choice in the waiver wire was either Sean Hill or Colt McCoy. So, yeah. um, it's one I, of those, I, I was uh, in for Colt if I didn't get Hill. Yeah, I think, but like Mick, you you got four of the top what, running backs in the like that in the in the league at the moment, and I, I've tried to trade for them a couple of times. You're pretty conservative with your trades. Very, like, conservative. Yeah, very like, conservative. I'm very scared. <laughs> Yeah, you've got it. Like you've got four legit running backs. And but Ellington like, is down now, you know. So it's all like it's. I actually, I actually uh, picked up the. I don't even know his name. Marion Greece or Grice or yeah, something. Yeah. I've never heard of him before, but I saw him mention that he might get carries if uh, Ellington stays down. So I picked him up in the waiver wire this week, but I don't think I, I don't think I got the balls to start him this weekend. No. Considering he's never got a carry, you know. So. <laughs> I don't think Stefan Taylor, if that's his real name, is is the guy either. To be honest. No, no. You're you're rolling with. Um, 
Trent Richardson though, though, which I, I, I wholeheartedly endorse this move. You keep going with Trent Richardson there. Yeah, well, like I have Shane Vereen as well from the Pats and uh, every week I watch him and I think, okay, but then the Patriots running back situation is yeah. disgusting from a fancy point of view. <laughs> and even he gets like he's the best, pa- well, he's supposed to be the best pass catching uh, running back and he dropped a couple last week and he's just like he could go off and he obviously has Tom Brady thrown it to him, but then you're kind of like, the Colts seem really committed to Richardson and he's going to touch the ball 10, 12, 14 times and I'm praying there's got to be one time he's got to break at least a 20-yarder for a touchdown somewhere along the season, you know? So. I think you both owe it to the dozens and dozens of uh, fans who listen to this podcast to play out your amazing showdown on Twitter over on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bed early and, you know, I'm just going to let I, I, I actually looked at when the matchups finished because I was trying to work out does it go to Monday night or when will we know? And it does because I've Randall Cobb and he's playing a Monday night football. So I'm just hoping, like, I can see it coming down to, like, Gerald have like a 10 point lead or something going into Monday Night Football and I'll be sitting there going I really should go to bed but I'm going to have yeah, to stay up and yeah, see what yeah. Randall Cobb does because there's no and, way it's not going to be dragged out till and, the last you know and you're looking at one player for an entire game and you're just going shouting all logic is out the window and you're just <laughs> show the Cobb show the Cobb and we've all been there Jordy Nelson and Devante Adams <laughs> yeah. are going to have like six touchdowns between them or something you know so. those tight ends We've all yeah. been there. It's a sad, pathetic life, actually. The other, the other yeah, it's not. It's great. You get to know about all these players. Like, who? How else would we have heard of Marion Grice? Yeah, no. our lives are richer for us. Uh, Mossy, I'd wish you the best of luck, but I wish you nothing but uh, bad luck this weekend. <laughs> Good luck, Mossy. <laughs> We're all behind really you. Hopefully, I'll be on next week to talk about my playoff preview. Yeah. <laughs> if you win, we'll get you back definitely. <laughs> okay. Right. Good luck. See Thanks, William. Cheers, Cheers, Mossy. Yeah. So with that, we're going to park the fantasy for now and talk about mixed picks. I think we better. I think this this podcast. Uh, it's been going on way too long. I, I, I don't have my watch on, but I'd say it's about four and a half hours on so far. Yeah. Uh, okay. So last weekend, I knew Seattle were going to kill the 49ers and they did. You did the Rams minus seven against Oakland. I didn't expect them to win by fifty-seven points. No, well, you know that that spread was a little bit uh, small as it, as it turned out. Pittsburgh against the Saints. They let me down. Then his arm isn't broken allegedly. Pittsburgh minus four and a half against the Saints. Uh, I picked the Steelers. I know why that didn't win. Though. That was a loss. I did throw out a jinx there. Yeah. About halfway through the second quarter that you were about to go 3-0. Yeah, it was... Knowing full well it would mean one of them would at least collapse. You prick. <laughs> as, as I said, mix a prick is the new part of this. Well, I had my comeuppance. You did. Chiefs plus one and a half against Denver. Loss. <clears throat> Giants minus 2.5 against the Jets. I don't want to talk about that game because, for God's sake, that was a tank. Looked pretty... Uh, they were winning by about 20 for the whole game. Looked pretty safe. Baltimore oh. minus five and a half against San Diego. And that as well. That 21 was, last quarter points. We, we, we mentioned assessed. in the previous thing yeah. that like they, they were a touchdown. They were always six ahead, it felt. And it was a 5.5 spread. Ah. Uh, so Donnie was like, oh, Arizona, they're amazing. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, Arizona, just because Seattle beats them. Uh, Atlanta managed to... Um, Julio Jones went. I didn't mention I had Julio Jones on my bench in yeah. the league that I play against. Massey did. Called him Julio Jones. Uh, and I. Um, Should be Julio Jones or Julio Jones. I won that I game. I had both. Uh, I had him on my team in the other one in the league that I saved me from relegation. Yeah. Uh, you hope. Ah, oh, no, I'm safe. Carolina plus 2.5 at the Vikings. Loss. That was Carolina, a bad loss. Carolina got killed. And Miami minus six at the Jets. They needed another field goal for a push and they didn't get it. So. Yeah. All of which means you got none, Donny got none, and I got two, which closes the gap. Donny's fourteen and twenty-one and one. You're thirteen and twenty-one and two, and I'm twelve and twenty-two and two. Now this is something I wanted to ask last week. Does a push count as half a game? 
So if I got a push this week, and I'd say if I got a push last week, I'd be 31, 21, and 3 mm. versus, or 30, sorry, 13, 20. And well, I'm trying to make a comeback here, so I agree with you. Yes, push. In, I think, in, in I, absentia, it has to, doesn't it? We have quorum, right? Yeah. We do. Uh, well, we'll go by whatever the NFL rules are, which I think is... No, we're going to go by the rules of, of what we're saying right here in okay, the podcast yeah. right now. Donny's yeah. not here. Two votes, yes, it pushes a half yeah. a game. Right. So I'm a half a game behind Donny. You're, you're a game and a half behind him. Yeah. And only... One game exactly in the old uh, ice bath thing. The picks for week 14. Uh, Donnie's picks. He's starting with the Colts, which is a pretty obvious bet, I think. Um, and as soon as I find who that Minus is. 3.5 at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So Cleveland's are a joke, really. Uh, like, Well, a jo- joke's a strong word. They're, they're in a false position. The stuff Kim was saying about Hoyer earlier... No matter who they start, if they pick Johnny Manziel, he's going to get beaten 20 points because that's what's going to happen on his yeah. full NFL debut. Yeah. If they go with Hoyer, they'll get beaten by seven because the Indianapolis Colts are racking up 40, 45 points per yeah. game at the moment. Yeah. So, now, the thing about it is they're racking up these against bad teams. Now, Cleveland, so Joe Hayden had like Sammy Watkins in his pocket last week. You know, he's he's having a pretty good season, especially as it goes on. They're not. They're not going to be walked over. They're not a bad team. It's their quarterback. It's the problem, really, with them. Yeah. Uh, I. The I. I'm also picking the Colts tonight. See, I would have picked the Colts so. too, but I'm. I'm coming from behind. Now, I. I genu- genuinely, for probably the first time this season, made my picks outside, so I didn't know Donnie's. Okay, he's also gone for the Rams. As have I. I see. This is ridiculous. St. Louis Rams at the Washington Redskins. St. Louis Rams minus two point five against the Colt McCoy inspired Washington Redskins again. Yeah. I would say these are fairly obvious picks you two are pushing into. Well, I mean, <laughs> the spreads are there. There's no such thing as obvious picks. St. Louis Rams, 56 That's, points I, on the board last I'm gonna, week. I'm going to take away, I'm not going to, I'll let Donnie have that one because. I just bullied McCoy, you. Out of it. No, McCoy, McCoy's Washington is competent. Um, and did, it is, I don't want to go for two road favourites either. Oh, no, sorry, three road favourites because my other team is also. His last pick are the Minnesota Vikings. It's New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater inspired. Yeah. Maybe McKinnon back. Maybe Matt Asiata, I hope. Gooseberrying some uh, You see, Ultra and possibly even Ben Tate. No, not really. Minnesota Vikings minus six. Donnie's, Donnie's problem there, and I will speak for him, is that he was bruised quite badly by the Vikings last week when he had the Panthers. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, they're playing in that outdoor stadium with different colours around it because it's a college team. That's starting to become a bit of a, a bit of an advantage now at this time of year when it's freezing cold in Minnesota. Yeah, and New um, York's pretty cold too, so it's not. No, like no, it's I know. Miami. I just, um, yeah. So I think that's why he went for them was because he was killed by them. So he probably watched a lot of that game last week as Caroline were getting whooped. Um, uh, I don't mind that pick though. I think the Jets could. I think the Jets could hang with the Vikings though. You don't mind the pick, but you think the Jets have a chance? Uh, the reason I'm not picking it is because I'd be worried that the Jets could hang with them. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Jets have a chance. Um, what do you have, Joe? I've already told you one of mine. Okay. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Colts, and I'll tell you what else. I'm taking the Patriots minus 3.5 at the Chargers. I, I was, as I said earlier, I was happy with how the Super Patriots Chargers. played last week. So I think that they'll go into beautiful Southern California for the first time in about six weeks, not freeze their balls off mm, and then they, they, play the they, they might enjoy it what? Did they play the season did they hammer the Chargers? no they, they, they didn't play no. you don't You don't play non-division teams twice I know I just thought that maybe I have a picture of you might have hammered them last season when he was think. injured getting 
chased around the place. But anyway. Yeah, okay. no, they haven't played already. But anyway, that's what I'm taking. So let me think of the third one um, while you go through yours. Okay, so my three are all massive points favourites. The Lions at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The reason I'm taking this is Calvin Johnson re-emerged last week after I was very, I wasn't sure about whether or not this was going to happen. Um, and Reggie Bush is back. And Do you uh, think Bush is going to be a factor? You see, Bush won't be a fantasy factor, but this is real football we're talking about. Uh, also, Tampa Tam- Bay are terrible. Tampa, are, they're they're gritty. Um, I think is probably not the word I'm looking for, but they don't they don't die. Six nil against the Falcons in that game. That was that was a that may, that might as well be 1987. Anyway, uh, minus ten points. Detroit Lions at home. Detroit coming off a, a big victory, slightly rested. Calvin Jones back being Calvin Jones. Johnson. Johnson. Calvin Johnson back being Calvin <laughs> Johnson. And. Uh, but the, Calvin Jones has turned once again turned I, into I Calvin was, Johnson. I was thinking of Julio uh, here because the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers minus thirteen. I think the Packers are two touchdowns better than the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's. I think that's yeah. going to be a forty-four twenty-eight game. Yeah, it's uh, a big spread, but I actually like. I mean, they'll have it up in the first two drives. If I had to pick what was going to happen, I'd go with your side. And the Buffalo Bills at the Denver Broncos. This is the one I'm least confident about. But you just wanted to go for a full sweep of big wins. Well, Kansas City at the Cardinals, I can see Kansas City winning that game and they get a point. Yeah. You know, or Seattle at Philly. I think Seattle are going to kill them, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I have that underlined. It's it's uh, The Niners at the Raiders, I would have given the Raiders. The Raiders plus eight. There's loads of games that you could pick, but I'm going with this one because... Um, they're going to have the the Thomas brothers and <laughs> I think that Julius has They're a history like the Baggio of, brothers, are they? And the Keens have um, a, you've got a history of coming back from injury and playing really well and catching two touchdowns okay. and once you have him plus Sanders is playing brilliantly Yeah, he is uh, and, and mile high I kind of like you know if you give every home team three points you kind of I think you kind of give six for mile high don't you? There tend to be higher scoring games They've also got a well. brilliant kicker uh, who was out of the NFL for a year, an entire year? Like, oh yeah, Pick, come back that's in. That's so random. Like I've got Cody Parkey and like two of my fancy teams, and you know he's number one kicker this year. He's just a rookie, or whatever. Like, what's the bet? And he'll be just gone next year or he, in two years. He's number one. Yeah. Oh, you prick! How did you have manage that? that uh, he's liked his name at the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, okay. Well, I am going to go for. Were you thinking about the Saints minus ten point five? Have you ever seen a more ridiculous uh, spread? No, I don't. I, I know Carolina are terrible, but like, how could the Saints be favoured by ten and a half points against anybody? I don't know. I really don't know because last week the talk was that the Saints were going to move on from one. They were going to sign Ray Rice, and two, they were going to move on from uh, Drew Brees. Then yeah. they came out and said, "There's no move way on we're from signing Drew Brees. There's no, there's no way we're signing." And also. Drew Brees my boy and then yeah. Brees plays his best game in the season so yeah, I don't like Brees might not be the top three quarterbacks in the league anymore but he's not like he's not a guy you just move off from any, uh, yet you know I, look, he's, he's not he hasn't well regressed if, that much if I'm if I'm San Francisco and I'm thinking uh, somebody might be interested in Kaepernick here and I'll take Drew Brees you know yeah I can see. I'll it. take him as a trial. You know, if you want to give us breeze, I mean, okay, we'll we might we'll work something out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, the one I'm looking at most is I really fancy the Titans to beat the Giants at home, and it's a scratch game. The only problem is at this stage of the season for those two teams, who's playing? You're probably better off losing, aren't you? Uh, You've won, you, the no, Titans Coughlin, have won two games. Coughlin can't lose any games. Well, he's finished. Yeah. Okay. Well, leaving him not. more so, but the the Titans, like they're two and ten. 
Oh, look, that's why I can't really pick them. So I'm waffling here as I kill time to eventually pick. Yeah, it could be it could be Locker. I like the Steelers to beat the Bengals at home away, but can't trust them. I'm not getting any dinner tonight, am I? Oh God, I need to pick someone. I'm gonna go for Green Bay as well. All right, so you Green Bay minus thirteen. So zero original picks from Mick this week. Is that the correct? Now I have the Patriots assessment. One original Patriots, pick. Colts, and Green Bay. All right, uh, there are mixed picks. You can uh, abuse us on Twitter at Off the Ball at Jerry Gilroy, at McCarthy Mick at Donny Mahoney in his absence. Um, thanks very much for if you've made it this far. Then <laughs> thanks, Ma. Good night.